Shady's back, and so is T3 Sports, more importantly. This is the T3 Sports podcast. We apologize for a little bit of a hiatus here. It's been a couple months since Todd Kordemeyer and myself, I'm Tyler Mason, got together to record one of these. Uh, Todd, it's good to be back. It is great to be back. It has been too long. We'll have to... uh have to work on this. I don't want to paint myself into a corner, though, because it could be a few months again. But. Yeah, it's, it, it's you know, Todd and I are both uh, both grown-ups with jobs and, you know, obligations. So well, it's, it's, we have jobs. I don't know how grown-up well, we are. yeah, that's a good point. That's mm-hmm. a good point. Uh, but we appreciate you joining us. If you're new to the show, uh, this is T3 Sports. We talk about uh, pretty much everything Minnesota sports. Uh, we kind of started out talking Minnesota Twins when this podcast first launched. I guess the first, really the first edition of it, we've gone through a couple of revivals, but mm-hmm. wasn't that the case? Was it was mostly twins to start out? I, I think that's how it started. Um, I think you know, uh, you were. I don't remember what year I that think was. Two thousand must have been two thousand ten. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we were, you know, both kind of involved with the twins in one capacity, and uh, yeah, that's kind of how it started, and it's sort of remained the focus ever since. I think that's the third T after Todd and Tyler. That's what we think. Yeah. It's sort of been lost to history. Yeah, it's you know. We, we like to make up our own history as we go along. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, we kind of started out this podcast initially talking twins, and that's pretty much what this one is going to be tonight, too. Our last podcast was April 7th, I believe, which is when the twins season began. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is at the midway point of the season, I guess, a little bit more than midway, but it is the All-Star break this week. The All-Star game was just last night, uh, the home run derby before that. So the twins will get back in action here on Friday. Uh, before we started this podcast, we wanted to go back to our last podcast that we did where we made season predictions for how many wins the Twins will have. Todd, do you remember how many you guessed that they would win? I believe that I said 75. You did indeed, and I was way more optimistic for some reason. I said 85, mm-hmm. and we're both looking a little foolish right now. Yeah, we're both behind the curve. Um, the, the Twins are going to need to pick it up to even get to 75, which seems impossible, but um, playing a little bit better lately. Speaking of the win totals, I, I do want to throw this out here. I had a chance to win a thousand dollars by betting on the under that the Twins would win under ninety one games. That's a lot. That's a little rich for my blood in terms of betting. So I said, no, nah, I can't do that. So mm-hmm. uh, it looks like I'll probably have twenty dollars coming my way um, almost assuredly at this point. But man, it's going to haunt me for a while that I didn't. I, I, would you have made that? That bet? At the same way, it's just, you know, wacky things happen. It's $1,000 would be too much for me to, to put up on a bet. But, man, it's they'd have to go, let's see, they'd have to go 60 and 16. It's possible. <laughs> to win. To win 92 <laughs> It's certainly games. possible. And the guy that I made the bet with 14, still thinks it's possible. 14. But I that's don't going to happen. That's, yeah, that's a lock. That would have been a guaranteed 75 wins is a long, as you said, it might be a long shot at this point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, certainly a disappointing, uh, I guess I should say what their record is for the year. The Twins at the All-Star break, 32-56. and 56. So certainly not what many people envisioned after the kind of surprising year they had last year. You know, I was, when I made my, my guess, I was a little more optimistic that things would, you know, kind of trend in the right direction. Uh, but that just hasn't been the case. There's been really a, a lot of different things that have gone wrong. So we're going to dissect that here in just a second. Uh, we're just going to pick a good, something that was a pleasant surprise from this team. Uh, you know, maybe a silver lining, if you will, and then probably the biggest uh, downfall or maybe the biggest surprise, I guess. We'll, we'll go with that because there are a lot, of, a lot of things we could choose from here that didn't go right for the Twins, but maybe biggest surprise of each of these. 
Let's start with the good here. Todd, what was the biggest pleasant surprise that you saw from this Twins team in the first half? Um, I'll say that, um, you know, with the way it was looking like um, that Brian Dozier's contract was going to be kind of an albatross on the team with the way he started. But I'll say that it was a huge positive to see him really pick it up uh, the rest of the first half and become, you know, probably the best hitter on the team right now. Yeah, you know, he's with, the leader with the way in war playing. right now. Yeah, um, and playing, you know, pretty decent defense. Um, you know, Brian Dozier is a guy that was kind of talked about as like he's going to be, you know, the next leader to step up in the absence of Tory Hunter, you know, a guy that a lot of the other guys respect. And it's hard to do that when you're, you know, performing so poorly like he was, you know, early on in April and May. So to kind of, you know, pick the team up around him and, and start leading by example, I think that that was a, um, a key factor in them playing a little bit better here in the last few weeks. Yeah, there's you know certainly a couple positives I can take from this. Uh, you know, the one that I'll say, I don't know if it's the obvious one or not, but the guy who just played in the All Star game last night, last night, Eduardo Nunez, is a guy that uh, played as well as anybody. Obviously, he was the, the Twins' lone All Star representative. Only played as a defensive replacement last night in the All Star game, which is a little bit ironic given his mm-hmm. track record, especially at shortstop. I think he played second base last night, if I'm not mistaken. He did. Yeah, yep, top of the ninth. But uh, anyway, you know, Eduardo Nunez, a guy we've talked about before, is what was in that mix with Eduardo Escobar and some other guys in the last couple of years. You know, they tried to figure out that shortstop situation. And, you know, Nunez has held his own, especially uh, offensively, I should say. You know, at the break here, uh, let me find his numbers. 12 home runs, 40 RBIs up there among the team leaders. And RBI is second on the team, actually, in RBI. And an OPS of 836, which is second on the team to, of course, Robbie Grossman, because, you know, we all predicted that. Uh, but, yeah, just just the year that Nunez had, you know, I, I was never sure if he would get enough playing time, uh, regular playing time to really get into kind of a groove or develop, you know, develop that role a little bit. But he's uh, he's certainly been one of the few bright spots. It's, uh, it's a good thing to see if you're a Twins fan. Absolutely. Um, they don't – the team has not had – infielders that you know have been able to hit for average like that in you know a long time let's count Joe Maurer um and he was a guy that came with you know he 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 had a couple decent seasons in New York you know with Mm -hmm. limited playing time and obviously had gotten some limited playing time here as well had done pretty decently and an okay year last year yeah yeah so um it was it was kind of like you know he's a he's a solid player not a guy who's ever going to be an everyday player but now it's you know unclear which way he's going to go if he's going to turn into a, a consistent hitter i mean he's never hit close to 321 before right but um you know certainly a, a positive sign yeah and if uh you know at the beginning of the year if you would have asked either of us if the twins had one player in the all-star game who do you who would you guess it would be eduardo nunez would have been maybe have cracked the top 10 i'm not, I'm not even sure he would have cracked the top 10 you would have guessed maybe joe yeah. mauer uh, Brian Dozier, you know, even a, a guy like Byung-Ho Park, who, had, you know, never did a wild card. Miguel mm-hmm. Sano, that's a good one, too. You know, uh, Glenn Perkins, Glenn maybe. Glenn Perkins, Irvin Santana. So, really, Eduardo Nunez, pretty far down that list. You'd probably yep. put Trevor Plouffe ahead of him in my guesses. Yep, definitely. So, yeah, <laughs> just when you go up and down that lineup, Nunez is not the guy you thought about. But <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, there he was uh, last night as a defensive replacement. I was disappointed he didn't get a chance to bat and potentially be, uh, you know, set an all-star game record for most times losing a helmet. But, you know, maybe next year. <laughs> yeah, my guess is that uh, he was being held back a little bit as maybe one of the last guys because he could play multiple infield positions. He right. could play outfield. So kind of, you know, keeping that in, in his back pocket. To, why can't I think of who was managing the American League? Uh, um, you're going to make me look bad now, too. Anyway. Oh, uh, Ned Yost. Ned Yost, there we go. Um, you know, kind of saving Nunez for, okay, if this, you know, if those goes in extra innings or I need to plug in a guy, then 
you know, there there aren't many all stars who can play, you know, a, a lot of different That's positions. That's a good point. Yeah. So yeah, good. You know, good for him to to get that nod. And uh, you know, I think probably the most obvious choice for this Twins team. Uh, you know, Brian Dozier kind of turned it on as you said, but just not consistent enough for the really the whole first half of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Joe Mauer was in the mix for about a month there in terms of discussion, but he kind of tailed off a little bit. Well, there was um, a time there where it was looking like Young Ho Park could right. have been an all star. I mean, there was like a week there where he right. had like eight home runs and his on base was like three thirty. Right. Um, you know, he wasn't an average guy, of course, but he was. You know, there was, was a, in there Rochester. Was a time there. Now yep. he's in Rochester. Well, that leads. That's a good segue to our uh, biggest disappointment or maybe surprise for the for the negative uh, side of that. Uh, Young Ho Park, I you know probably. One of the biggest, Todd. Is that is that one of the biggest ones for you? Or who? What would you say has been the biggest disappointment? Um, I, I'd say certainly up there, but just because it's a little bit of a tricky scenario over what you're going to get out of a player like that, I, I find it hard to um, to say he's the number one disappointment. Um, I would probably point to. There's a lot of options for this. <laughs> yes, so there is. it's how it, many it's, hours do we have on this podcast? Yeah, it's been difficult. Um, you know, and I can't really say it's any of the pitchers because they're all kind of living on borrowed time always. Um, you know, I'm going to go a little outside of the box. I'm going to say Eddie Rosario. Okay. Um, That's, not a bad, that's not a bad one. You know, he was pretty cool to finish the year last year. His numbers ended up looking a little bit better, I think, than the year that he had. But I don't think anyone expected him to have a 252 on base percentage. You know, uh, this yeah, year the guy the doesn't majors. like to walk very much, and that's just that's just not going to work. You know, as as a major league outfielder, uh, you know, and hitting two forty, and the power basically disappeared. He only had four home runs in, in his time up here, so um, that was a guy I think they were counting on not only for the future, but to you know, kind of repeat what he did last year, yeah. and he was just horrendous. Yeah, I initially had thought of Young Ho Park for this, but you know, like you said, it was kind of a wild card. You know, you never know how those players from different leagues or different countries are going to adjust to major league pitching. Still had twelve home runs, a second, or excuse me, tied for third on the team in home runs. Uh, but like we talked about, or like we mentioned, he is down at AAA Rochester now. I'm going to say I know it's a it's kind of an obvious one, but the starting rotation. I mean, I I certainly didn't expect them to yeah. you know be in the Cy Young. Uh, discussion by any means but you know Kyle Gibson is a guy who he's 28 now people kind of keep waiting for him to turn that corner and he's got an ERA over five at the break uh, Phil Hughes you know injuries kind of played into that he's out for the year but that's another guy that you know they were counting on to be a part of that rotation Ricky Nolasco I don't think he's ever going to quite figure it out it's four and seven with a 5.22 ERA he has logged over 108 innings so give him some credit for at least you know getting out there and, and leading his innings. Team. yeah leading yep. his team in innings but you know, really, Irvin Santana, uh, you throw out his win-loss record, which, you know, for starting pitchers, we know doesn't mean a whole lot. Mm-hmm. He's been maybe one of the most more consistent pitchers, pitched pretty well as of late. Um, but, yeah, I mean, up and down, Trevor May, you know, hasn't started the game this year, but I would like to see him get that chance again. I know he's, he's made some starts in the past. You know, Tommy Malone, a guy that's kind of fluctuated up and down a little bit too between the minors and the majors. And then Tyler Duffy, a guy who was pretty impressive last year, uh, you know, in a couple of his starts too. Still trying to figure things out. So really nobody, none of the starting pitchers have really turned that corner or made that next step. And I think that's, you know, that's got to be a disappointment because they didn't go out and make a, you know, big splashy move for uh, free agent starter this year like they did in years past. They were counting on these guys to carry the load and they, they really haven't so far. And another one you could throw out there is Kevin Jepson, who right. now, of course, is not on the team anymore. Right. But also there's a little bit, I think there was a little bit of 
um, unrealistic expectations for him. He's been a, he's been an adequate reliever for most of his right. career. He's not a closer. He had right. a real nice close to the, finish to the the year last year, but um, I think he was used in a lot of inappropriate situations, which got him into trouble. Inappropriate Obviously, situations, huh? Well, get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> it's always there. I'm sorry, um, but I think that. Uh, you know, some of that is not all his fault, although obviously he didn't really make the most of his opportunities either. Yeah, I'm just looking here at uh, ERAs by starting rotation for, I, th- I want to say, at least for four years when they had those really four really bad years, the Twins were at the bottom of the barrel for, for starters ERA. 29th out of 30 teams with wow. the, in terms of the rotation's ERA, 5.26, just ahead of Cincinnati, the, the god-awful Reds. So last 5. in the American 29. League. Last in the American League, but uh, just ahead of Baltimore. Uh, yeah, it's it's been ugly. And, you know, there's a lot of – in my mind, there's a lot of things you can point to as terms of why this has gone wrong. But I, I think the starting pitching continues to be this team's you know, weakest point, and it has been for a number of years now. It's a huge problem, and there's – you know, you can get by if you have even one guy who he doesn't necessarily need to be an ace, but you can go out there and throw seven innings, give up three, four runs, and give you a chance one every five times. And there's just not that guy on this team. It's like every time it's a you know a, a battle just to get through four or five innings, right. and that puts so much pressure on a lineup that was pretty tenuous at scoring runs to begin with, right? Yeah, I lost my train of thought here. Oh, I mean, a couple other things just in terms of disappointments. Byron Buxton is a guy who, you know, we heard yeah, so much for years. Yeah, I don't know if I should bring him up or not. Yeah, well, I think it's fair at this point. I think it's fair to, to mention Byron Buxton in that mm-hmm. conversation. A couple of years ago, you and I were down in Cedar Rapids, and I think we both thought at that after that game he had a triple, he had an amazing catch at the wall. I mean, we thought this kid is going to be the next big thing, and that's kind of was the hype for, mm-hmm. you know, for several years after they drafted him number two overall, and, uh, it just hasn't been the case again this year. You know, he, he played in 46 games last year. He's already at 48 games this year. You know, his batting average is about where it was last year. And, you know, he's, he's hitting a few more doubles, hitting for a little bit of, uh, you know, extra base power. But really, he, you know, it's just he's not turned into that player that I think a lot of people had hoped he would. You know, defensively, he's always going to be there. But his, his defense is actually starting to scare me a little bit. But, I, you know, he's, he plays a little reckless out there. He's gonna exactly. he, yeah. he's gotten himself hurt a few times. He, I think he tweaked his knee right before the All-Star break. I, you mm-hmm. you got to just imagine if it's a matter of time before, you know, they, they maybe say something to him or, I, I don't know, can you rein a guy in like that? Do you even dare do that when, with a player like that? That's really tough when you got a guy who, you know, his game is built on speed. You hate to tell him to dial right. it back. But, yeah, I agree with you completely. I mean, he's, he's more or less out of control out there. And right. when we've seen him, uh, and not just – um, to the point where it's putting him at risk for injury, but you know, I see him overrun balls and take right. weird routes to balls. Like he's, you know, just doesn't quite have his head in the game, and he's just kind of, you know, relying on his speed to get there. And um, you know, I'm not a scout, but uh, he, you know, he came back from Rochester, and people were talking about, oh, he's added this leg lift. You know, he's loading his hands up, and he, he's looking real good. I don't see significant differences in his approach at the plate. I don't see him mechanically being a lot more improved. Right. He doesn't make good contact most of the time, and you know his his splits might be a little bit better since he's come up, but not appreciably so. I think he's the same player. And so the question is, what do you do then? Do you let him keep hitting 190 up here? Right. Do you send him back to? Come on, no. Okay, sorry, 212. <laughs> Do you send him back to Rochester? I don't think so because he can hit minor league pitching. Right. That's not he's, been a problem. He's, he's torn it up at every level, level of the minors. I don't. I, I agree. I think it's just you got to leave him up here and you know let him figure it out. And uh, there may be some growing pains along the way, but that's mm-hmm. just what you got to do. Yeah, I think that's the, the 
be he has to if he's up here he's he's gonna have to play and I think he should stay up here and try and work it out and see if he even can because yeah it's it's not good sixty one strikeouts and eight walks that's, yeah, that's unbelievable good. that's not good I mean guys who can hit you know that's something their eye at the plate should follow you right you know obviously there's an adjustment period to to major league pitching but he, you know he can hit minor league pitching and. There isn't. There's certainly an adjustment period to seeing the the movement and the speed at the major league level. But after a certain point, if you're a hitter, which he looks like he is at the, in the minor leagues, that sense starts to catch up quicker. Right. And it's not for him. He still looks lost. And Kepler uh, had the same yeah, thing. Yeah, but really he's caught up right. um, in a couple months, whereas Buxton is still working on the things that he was working on last year. Max Kepler, as of late, has been how he says in his homeland, ausgezeichnet. Very nice, uh, outstanding in, in German. Uh, yeah, he's been. It's been fun to watch his transformation. And he's he's a guy. Not that he went under the radar necessarily, but when you had when they had Buxton and Miguel Sano in the minors, not, not many people were talking about Max Kepler. But you know, he's an athletic kid. He can play all three outfield positions, and we're seeing he's got a little pop in the bat now too. Eight home runs in uh, in forty six games. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I'm a believer on the power. Because um, he hasn't Hater. shown that much of a power tool in in the minors, but who knows? You know, weird things happen. It, it could be happening with him. Either way, he's taking good at bats, and um, he, he's getting on base. You know, he's got 17 walks and 164 plate appearances, which isn't bad. OPS is 802. Um, I wasn't that big of a believer in Max Kepler. I thought he was one of those you know toolsy kind of players who maybe was going to do a couple things right, but was never going to be a complete player. Still early, but you got to be encouraged by what you see from him. Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, it's been fun to watch him, and you know, still just twenty three years old too. So a pretty young kid who got just really a, a very very quick taste of the majors last year. It's only three games. It's, it seemed like he played a few more than that last year. If my my memory's yeah. failing me a little bit, but I thought he was mm-hmm. up for at least you know a couple of weeks. But yeah. Anyway, uh, you know that it looks like he's going to be holding down uh, one of those corner outfield spots most likely, and it, it seems as if for now the the Miguel Sano in the outfield. Uh, I guess experiment might be over. I'm, you look at some of the other moving pieces, Trevor Plouffe on the disabled list right now, Byung-Ho Park, as we mentioned, down in Rochester. So, so no, either a, a DH candidate or a third base uh, while Plouffe is out. But, you know, I, I, I think we can both agree that neither of us bought into the idea that Miguel Sano would be an adequate outfielder. Nope, that was a, that was a wing and a prayer type of move. And that's where you talk about um, Byung-Ho Park being a disappointment. Um, you know, one of the things outside of his control was just the Twins' decision to sign him and make right. a problem where they didn't need it because, right. he, you know, him being here forced all sorts of other changes mm-hmm. that this team would have been better off, uh, you know, not having him being right. able to plug somebody in there, you know, share time at first in DH with Joe Maurer. Um, so that really put him, you know, behind the eight ball for a while. We'll see if he comes back this year. But for the time being, yeah, I think you're, you know, right on. He's got to be playing infield or... Right. sharing some time at first or DH. Well, just think about the options. If they didn't sign Park, they had mm-hmm. plenty of options. I mean, you need a backup first baseman. You got Kenny Vargas, you know, obviously not great defensively, but Byung-Ho Park is not great defensively either. Right. Uh, and, you know, if they're playing first base once a week, if that, or, what, you know, once a series, whatever the case may be, you can get by with that. And you need a DH, Miguel Sano or Kenny Vargas, either one of those guys. And then, you know, it frees up that corner outfield spot for a guy like Max Kepler or whoever the case may be, you know, uh, it just—I I remember when they signed when they signed Byung Ho Park. I'm scratching my head, thinking, 
They have a first baseman. They mm-hmm. don't need a DH. They have a couple guys who could do that. It just, at the time, the signing really didn't, didn't make a whole lot of sense. It was such an unforced error, and especially yeah. for a team that already had, you know, a bit of a full roster. And, you know, it could have opened up a corner outfield spot for Arcia to get more at-bats. Yep. And then maybe he'd still be on the team, you know, if he'd have had time to show what he could do. So mm-hmm. just a really puzzling move. And, you know, now what do you do? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it could come down to a trade, and that leads into our next uh, our next segment here. Figuring out, you know, it, it, there's a good chance that at least one of the, one or two of these guys will be dealt by the uh, July 31st or the August 31st waiver deadline. Uh, if you had to pick one guy on this team that you think is probably the most likely to get dealt by the deadline, who would you say? Um, that's a really good question. And Thank you. I think that. I would say that just with the premium um, that's placed on pitching for contenders, I would say that Irvin Santana is probably that guy. Um, he's, a, he's a guy who, in his career, is able to you know um, string some innings together, and that's what you might need if you need another arm in, in your rotation if you're a contender. Um, and I believe he's um, under control for another year after this one. Uh, oh, several more. Yeah, he's he's got a couple years left he's on that got, deal. Yeah, two more left, and then a, a team option. So he'd be a little bit more than a rental, right? Um, and he's um, he's also got familiarity with the National League. If you know somebody wanted to uh, to pick him up there, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It just seems like he's got that veteran presence that you know right. somebody would really want. That a playoff contender might need it down the stretch. Yeah. Yeah, it does, might not make for a good podcast, but I absolutely agree with you. Uh, I would like mm-hmm. to disagree, but that's who I was going to say. I mean, it, you know, Trevor Plouffe is a guy that I think that trade window, the the chance to trade Trevor Plouffe for the best opportunity to get the most value, that that ship has sailed. Long I think time. they missed that chance uh, you know, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And sure, he's a fine player, but we just talked about what they have in, in Miguel Sano, a guy that can play third base too. And now Plouffe's dinged up a little bit. You know, that, that certainly doesn't help as the trade deadline's just a couple weeks away. So I don't think Trevor Plouffe is probably going anywhere at this point. Yeah, Santana seems to make the most sense. Like you mentioned, a, you know, if a playoff team needs someone like that, he certainly is a you know pretty logical candidate. Uh, the other guy that I would maybe think there's a chance would be a guy like Fernando Abad. You know, if there's a team mm-hmm. that needs a reliever uh, for the playoff push or for the playoffs. Lefty uh, specialist. A, right, exactly. He's a guy that he's had a pretty good year here his first year at the Twins and you know, relievers really are kind of a dime a dozen. We're finding out, and they can break down pretty easily. So, if I'm the Twins, if I can get something out of uh, something of value, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. going to get a ton for a reliever, but if they can get something for a guy like him. You know, they don't need. They're not. They're not going to be needing much relief help this year because uh, you know, they're just not going to be winning that many more games probably. But I don't know. I I, I don't know if you think Abad is a good uh, good candidate for that. Yeah, I think there definitely would be people interested in him. I'm not sure what kind of return you'd get. Right. Um, I mean, also, a low-level prospect, probably, yeah, something like that. Um, he's also allowed a lot of inherited runners. His ERA looks pretty good, but um, he hasn't been quite as good, probably, as his ERA shows, in my opinion. Right. Um, the other, What's interesting, I think, is guys like Eduardo Nunez, Robbie Grossman, um, Kurt Suzuki, to an extent, you know, guys sure. who's like, do you want to sell high on him right now, or do you want to maybe, you know, Keep them right around on. if you think they might be able to help you down the road. Suzuki's um, an, that's an interesting one, but I just don't. They just don't have any catching depth in the system. Though. That's the yeah. problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, there definitely would be a contender who would be interested in Kurt Suzuki oh, with the way he's swinging the bat. Right. But yeah, like you said, it's such a bare cupboard for yeah, catchers. Um, unless you want to restart the John Ryan Murphy experiment. Oh boy. 
But um, oh, I, I don't boy. have his Rochester stats in front of me. I don't think he's doing a whole lot. I don't think there are lot. any, yeah. Um, so those are interesting ones, obviously, you know. But, but then the other thing is, are teams really going to buy into Robbie Grossman as starting outfielder? Right. Probably not. Our team. He's not very good defensively. No. And he, his average has been dropping like a rock for the right. last few weeks. Um, Nunez is interesting. I got to think somebody would be interested in him. But, again, you're talking about is the return worth it? Right. With the way that this organization develops prospects, I'm not sure I really trust them to say this is the guy that we want. Right. Yeah, it's, man, it's been a weird year for the Twins. You know, a couple guys out for the year with injuries, a lot of guys underperforming. Just uh, nothing is quite going right. Even their top prospects aren't uh, aren't playing particularly well. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, you're certainly seeing it at the box office too and at, uh, you know, in the stands at Target Field. The fans are... I think at this point, apathetic. I don't, uh, you know, we've talked in years past where maybe anger was was the first emotion, but if they haven't gotten to, if they didn't get to apathy in those four 90 loss seasons, you know, I think maybe they, they gained a couple fans back last year, but I think a lot of people are back to apathy at this point. Mm-hmm. And in some in some ways, I think last year might have been the worst thing that happened to them. Right. Is that front office started hope. to think that, hey, we're good now. Why not us? You know, um, 11th um, in the American League in attendance, by the way. Are they really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Surprise. Who are, who's... I don't have the rankings. Okay. It just says that they're 11th, but I would guess probably Tampa Bay is oh, lower. Already down to 11. Think about that. Yeah. In a six-year-old ballpark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how, how bad would it have been if they hadn't had the All-Star game in 2014? Right. Because you got a lot of peop- had a lot of people getting tickets for that. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Oof. So, and it's... It's not getting any easier. And them, no. them starting to play well now is the same kind of thing. It's right. Like, well, you don't want to start thinking, oh, well, we're not that bad, maybe. <laughs> right. There's a lot of long-term questions with this right. team. A right. lot. And we'll dive into all those topics as the season, go- season goes on here. Hopefully, this won't be a you know once-every-half-season podcast. We'd like to get back into the swing of it, uh, no pun intended, a little bit more <laughs> regularly. But uh, we'll see what we can do. Like we mentioned, we're, we're both busy guys, but we, uh, we enjoy getting together and, and talking sports here. Uh, as we do on every T3 podcast, T3 sports podcast, we close with our T3 top three list. Uh, these are top three of, uh, I think we've done like top three concerts we've been to, top three places we'd like to travel, any just kind of random Beers, thing that we... golf courses. Yeah, any, any topic we come up with mm-hmm. an hour before the show. Roughly. No, we, there's a lot of planning that goes into this. I'm, I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, this week's top three list is top three favorite restaurants and we, we've had a couple guidelines, not fast food, because we think we already did that. I think we did. And mm-hmm. it, it's not just locally here in the Twin Cities. It's everywhere. So with that said, who would like to start? You want me to go or you want to go? Oh, you can go ahead. Number three is a place I know you've been to as well, probably many times, Lion's Tap in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Nice choice. Yeah. One of my favorite burger joints ever and probably partially biased because... Uh, uh, you know, it's our hometown. Sorry, I'm just distracted mm-hmm. by some drone footage here on TV. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Lion's Tap, uh, used to love going there as a kid. Really salty burgers, which I love. I wish they had better fries. That's my only knock on Lion's Tap is I'm not as I like their fries. Do you? Yeah. Uh, crinkle, but I know they're not everybody's. Crinkle cut taste. fries have grown on me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just, I don't know. It's just the, nothing's changed about that place in 20 years. And I, for some reason, I love that. The decor, probably, that probably hasn't changed in what, 30 years or however long the restaurant's been open. Yeah. They did. They did kind of a renovation. I think like a little probably bit. fifteen years ago. Yeah, some new bathrooms and stuff. But yeah. most of it is, is still the same. Which, mm-hmm. you know, it's really the one of the few. You know, growing up in a suburb like Eden Prairie, one of the few non-chain restaurants we had. Which I, maybe is why I liked it so much. Mm-hmm. But 
Anyway, number three, Lion's Tap. You know what would really help that place is a really nice craft beer list of local beers. That or malts and shakes. Ooh, good point, good yeah. point. Yeah. But yeah, they do have some of their own beer, but it's pretty limited, though. Yeah, and yeah. I think I think they have a limited liquor license. I that think, was probably right. I think all their beer is pretty low, ABV. Yeah, too. you might be right. Um, so my uh, third um, is also a um, childhood favorite. Um, goes back to my childhood. Wendy's? In, oh. No, no fast food. <laughs> Uh, goes back to my childhood in San Diego. There's a small chain of um, Chinese restaurants in San Diego County called Chin Sichuan. And it was like the first Chinese food that I ever remember eating. And, you know, it's probably not as good as uh, I'm remembering it. But every time I go back there, I have to go. And it's, you know, it's family owned. Um, it's just, you know, classic American Chinese food. And so not all that authentic. That was my question. How how authentic no, are Chinese? Is no, it? it's you know American, American Chinese, Chinese food. Well, yeah. There's nothing wrong with American Chinese. Oh well, yeah, I mean, it's you know it's it's still food. It's still right. good, tasty right. food. You know, that don't yeah, I don't eat it because it's authentic. I eat it because it's you know it's tasty. Right. Um, first place. Uh, there's only one other place I've ever heard of that has honey chicken, and it's mm. P.F. Chang's. Interesting. Um, and that was the first place. And until P.F. Chang's, I'd never seen another place that had honey chicken. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. On that note, an honorable mention for me, I've only been there twice, but it's quickly growing. But it's an Asian restaurant, Thai Garden in St. Paul. If you like Thai food, check I it out. You mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish we got paid by these restaurants to talk about them. Right. And Papa John's, who we uh, enjoyed thank, earlier. Yes. Thank you, Papa John's. Mm-hmm. For the pizza thank that you for fueled selling our us show. That pizza. And yes. thank you, Minnesota Lynx. We didn't get the Lynx tonight, oh, but they won right. last night. And if you go to papajohns.com, type in Lynx Win as the promo, mm-hmm. uh, you get half price pizza. So we, we devoured large a large pepperoni large. pizza. We yep. probably could have eaten extra large. Let's not kid ourselves. Oh, we could have. Yeah. Doesn't mean but we should have. We would have hated ourselves more. Mm-hmm. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> number two for me, uh, debated putting this number one, but number two is San Pedro's in Hudson, Wisconsin, where I live. Uh, really, really good cocktails, like their uh, margaritas and mojitos and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Just delicious. It's a Caribbean-themed restaurant, but they have a, uh, a wood-fired pizza that I absolutely love called the Porco Diablo. It's got some pulled pork and some pineapple and this really good habanero aioli, and it's just to die for. So uh, a lot of other good food there, too. Uh, if you go there on your birthday and they, you, they know it's your birthday, they give you free dessert, and it's one of the best cakes or whatever you, it would be called that I've ever had. Uh, I believe you've been there. Really good Cuban sandwich. There you go. Mm-hmm. See, it's Todd Cordemeyer endorsed. Mm-hmm. So and San- the cocktails, I have to agree, are they are delicious. Yeah. Yep. So San Pedro's for me, number two. Um, I'll give another honorable mention that I probably not yeah, think absolutely. about it. I would have put in number three, but uh, Casetas in St. Paul. Um, Ooh, good choice. Yeah, ha- have to go there multiple times every state high school hockey tournament. Um, I would go there more, but. I can drive to St. Paul, well, you know. Yeah. Um, so that def- that might have been the top three if I'd remembered it. But have you had their cannoli? Um, I don't think so. I'm not a big dessert guy. Uh, but that's uh, where we disagree. I'm, I'm sure that it's they're really decadent. Have you had their gelato? Their gelato is really good as yes, well. Yes, I have. So had you do that. like the gelato then? Okay. Mm-hmm. From right. time to time. Now you're mostly a pizza guy, there, right? Or do you get the? No, I like pasta. Oh, you do like that's mm-hmm. right. Okay. I almost always get pasta the with a side of pasta. Yeah, you can get the lasagna, and they give you more pasta. <laughs> right, spectacular. Exactly. Carbonation. That's pretty much all I eat. Yeah. Um, so my number two is um, I'm going with a Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Ooh, now, it's a chain, yeah. um, but there's one in Minneapolis. And there for your birthday, one year. Mm-hmm. I met you there. Uh, with uh, Rhett Bollinger as well. That's right. Hey, Rhett. Um, 
and so it's, you know, like I said, it's a chain, so it's not like it's all that unique or anything. And I don't go there very often, maybe once a year if I'm lucky, but best steak I've ever had. Um, and one dessert I do really love is creme brulee, and they have the best creme brulee I've mm, ever had. Nice. Um, and it's just, you know, it's special to go to a steakhouse. Yeah, and it's, absolutely. You know, it's really classy, and the service is always great, and it's hard to beat for a steak for me. Speaking of steakhouse, I didn't tell you this. On Friday, I am going to Fogo de Chao. Oh, really? I am not paying. I'm not nice. going to say who's paying because he said it was a secret, but that's <laughs> not that big of a deal. But I'm going there for lunch for free, which is awesome. But I'm not going to be able to move afterwards. Right. Lunch is, lunch is tough. You got to go uh, back to work yeah, then? Yeah, I know. Oh, man. <laughs> I might just take a half day. We'll see. I've never been there. I, oh, really? I, yeah. Okay. I've been yeah, to gotta, get there. But, yeah, you got to go. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's an experience. It's not just a restaurant. It's an experience. But yep. yeah, you, wanna, you feel like you want to die after you eat there because you're just stuffed with meat. Yeah, but you I'm know, gonna have to go there one happens. of these days. Yeah, we could podcast from there. You think they'd give us some free food? You think they'd be into that? Yeah. Hey, Fogo de Chao, if you're listening, uh, tweet at us at T3 Sports and let us know. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Number one, preferably in English, not Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> Number one for me, and I'm hoping I get to go there this weekend because I will be in Madison, Wisconsin, which is the location of Dottie Dumplings Dowry. Have a feeling the best burger uh, that I've ever had is my favorite burger of all time, called the Melting Pot Burger. Really good beer list, a lot of local craft brews from Madison and from Wisconsin, a couple from Minnesota. Just a cool vibe there, you know, kind of the old wood and everything. And just, I love it. You know, it's close to the Kohl Center if you're going to a Badger basketball or hockey game. You know, Get right there to, early if you are. Right, that the as hard you way. find out the hard way, yeah. yeah. So, you know, a couple blocks off of State Street. It's a place I went to occasionally in college, and every time I visit Madison now, I try to try to stop there if I can. So uh, it'll always hold a special place in my heart, and uh, it's number one on my list. It is a very good burger. Uh, my number one is, I don't want to overhype it too much, but I honestly believe it's the best restaurant in this town, and that's Broder's Pasta Bar. Oh, I've never been. South Minneapolis. You, yeah. you have to go. Broder, where in, where in South Minneapolis? 50th and Penn. Okay. So it's almost Edina. Right. Um, but it's, it is technically Minneapolis. Okay. Um, if you need a date night idea, that's... It's, it's super, I will it's, tell the missus. It's great for anything. Like, it's super romantic, or it's, you know, good for... You know, uh, friends, or they have a little patio that because it's it's a very small restaurant. It's always a very long wait, but you can go sit on their patio, and they have small plates and glass of wine. If you like pasta at all, like even I remotely, do. it's the best restaurant. They always have a lot of new menu items, so you can always try something different. Or they have a lot of favorites that you can go back to. I always have a hard time trying new things because I have things I like so much. Right. I've been going there for probably fifteen years. Okay, and. I, there's not if you gave me a choice of any restaurant in town, there's not another one I would even really? consider wow. than Broder's. It says romantic, so that could be another good spot for a podcast too. Then, mm-hmm. oh man, if we can <laughs> if we can podcast at Broder's, that's it. Broder's, if you're listening mm-hmm. at uh, what are we at T3 Sports or Todd in particular at Word of Todd, I follow you. So there you go, find me, DM him, yeah, yeah slide into his DMs with a bowl of pasta. Oh man, <laughs> I ate two bowls there once. Uh, that, I don't know the, how big their bowls are. So I, guess I mean, it's normal dinner size. Like okay. you shouldn't. Well, have you ever done all dinners. you can eat at Olive Garden? Because I think I've done like four bowls at that. That's true. I've yeah. done four th- at that yeah. as well. But they start to bring you the smaller That's ones. That's true. Yeah, you know? it doesn't feel like you're accomplishing as much. Right. Step it up, Olive Garden. Come on. Took uh, my wife there on a, a date early on and had nice. four bowls, and she was <laughs> a little disgusted, <laughs> but also you want her over, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm hungry. Yeah, that's just had a whole Papa John's pizza like yeah. we mentioned, but probably should have left a couple slices. Yeah, for after. well, that's all right. Well, this was good. We I think we brushed 
brushed the rust off a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we got back into the into the groove a little bit here on the T Three Sports Podcast. Uh, well, like I said, we'll try to make this more regular and talk some Twins. Kind of kept it only Twins focused tonight. We can get in some links, some Wolves. Uh, Drafted Chris Dunn recently. Um, summer league going on. Not that we really care about that too much, but um, and then, you know the Wild. Uh, we dabble in the Wild, not very often. Uh, we'll get into some. We should have mentioned <coughs> that me. uh, the the four on four league going oh, on. Oh boy, at, yeah. uh, at my brother went to Arena. that last night. Oh, actually. Really? Yeah, he said he sat right behind Ryan McDonough. Oh, nice. Or he was ten feet behind him. I don't know what that means, but yeah, the, some uh, NHL players are playing some games locally here, so mm-hmm. we might have to try to get to one of those. Yeah, we'll get we'll, a full report. We'll get on some that, interviews hopefully. here for the T3 Sports podcast. Get credentialed for that. I bet we could do that. I'll bet. The, I'll bet we could yeah, get it for that. That's worth a shot. Yeah, we yeah. should try that. Well, anyway, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We really appreciate it. If you want to find us on social media, uh, the podcast is at T3Sports. Todd is at Word of Todd. I am at TylerMason21. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud or on iTunes, if you, uh, whichever you prefer. So uh, you probably found us one of those two ways. We appreciate that. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.